previously on Fantastic Worlds Podcast. Your bear talks. I've never seen him talk to anybody else other than, like, my dad before, but I'm sorry, did you think he didn't talk? And Odessa tells me her father created you. Do you have any memories before that? My first memory is Odessa as a small girl holding me tightly, and I don't remember much before that. I think... I existed before that, but it's kind of just a fuzzy, wuzzy memory. You don't see them at first, but you hear them. It's an unkindness of ravens. Now, Nadia, where did these things come from? Is this common? You seem ready for them. They are products of the witches. They're scouts. Odessa, I've hurt someone who loved me too. I took everything from him, in fact. Does that make me incapable, in your eyes, of becoming different? I'm perfectly happy to do as you've asked, to take a step back. But I hope that you'll think about what I've said, and when we find the space and the time, we can talk again. Hey, world travelers, this is Abby. Uh, You are going to notice something different about this episode. It is decidedly off format for us. Basically, what happened was this weekend, Kay was moving and could not make it to the game, as happens even in the most dedicated of Pathfinder role-playing groups. So, you know, we... I mean, what else were the other four nerds in our group going to do on a Sunday afternoon? So we still gathered together, one might say, uh, in a family Thanksgiving style, and still, you know, went ahead and played a little side questy homebrew thing that Dustin made up for us. We went on a little adventure with Nadia, things got a little spooky and a little holy, if we do say so ourselves. And it ended up being shockingly good. Uh, so we decided to release it anyway. We're calling it our holiday special. Please do not be alarmed that it doesn't sound a lot like our usual episodes. And we miss Odessa very much, but we promise she will be back. So without further ado, I'm going to be introducing you to episode 17, our holiday special, aka Rock in a Hard Place. The early morning is quiet and most of you are sleeping. Uh, Manette, you are awoken by a door to the home of Nadia opening and then closing behind it. You look around and you see Odessa's not in the room, and there's a note on the table in the center of the room where you are all sleeping. Uh, I get up and I take a look at the note. The note from Odessa, and it looks like she is left to go spend the day at the blacksmith to be forging bullets. She wants to prepare for whatever's coming, and so she's just getting ahead of that by making as many bullets as she possibly can. You're about to head back to bed when you hear a shuffling in the front part of the house. I'm going to try and creep over and see what the noise is without alerting whomever is out there or whatever is out there. Okay, roll me a stealth. 15. Go ahead and head in that way. Oh, nice. Okay. So do I see anything when I head out there? You see Nadia gathering her gear. It looks like she's getting ready to head out. She's 
wearing heavier clothing. She's not going to just be walking around town. Like, she seems to be going somewhere of distance. You notice that she's holding uh, a bag, and you know that bag well. That's the bag that holds the remains of her daughter, Thora, which is now just a pile of diamond dust. I am, first of all, going to turn around and try and wake up uh, Pippa and Abraxas. Uh, I think something's happening out here. Could you wake up? I I don't know if that's sufficient to wake you up. Could possibly be happening at this hour. Listen, I don't know yet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask her. Yes, call for breakfast. <laughs> Wake me when there's coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that Nadia probably heard me, and uh, I can address her now. Maybe. <laughs> You look at Nadia and she still has those dark rings, much like the ones you saw the other morning under her eyes. She has been crying. She's trying to hold it in. You can tell, like, it's just like that pressure, the weight of losing her daughter and and trying to still stay strong for one. She has two children that she still needs to be strong for. And also um, trying not to give too much away to you. She doesn't know you all that much. She just knows that you guys are here to maybe put an end to the horrible cold or the horrible winter or at least put a stop to the torture of the witches so she's trying to help you out and she just stares at you guys oh good 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 morning good morning Nadia where are you headed nowhere I was just going to go out and gather food allow us your uh, (laughs) your your grateful uh, grateful guests She's like, no, no, I've got a handle. Then she goes and grabs her snowshoes and she starts to gather like a backpack. Um, and you guys kind of like, why would you need a backpack to gather wood? <laughs> yeah. Well, you said we recognized, I don't know, Thora's remains, right? She's not going to gather wood, guys. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> Pippa sits up and says, no, we understand. Sometimes one needs to gather wood quietly on on their own. Is there anything we can do here while you're out gathering wood? No, no, just just relax and I have to gather wood and it will take me the better part of a day. Are you sure you don't need any assistance, Nadia? You can tell she's trying to hold it in in like one tear and then just before you know it, it's like the dam bursts and she falls to her knees and, and hugs the bag to herself tightly. Yeah, Minette's already over there hugging her. (laughs) (laughs) She's hysterical for a while for obvious reasons and then settles down. And when I was young, um, my mother told me of a tomb not too far from here. That was the burial site for the Lenoran kings. My mother was fond of the stories of this place because she said she always wanted to find it. Legend has it that if you wanted it bad enough, its magics of the tomb would bring someone you love back from the dead. My mom could never find this place, but I believe I know where it might be. Listen, Nadia, I understand why you need to go there, and I'm not going to try and stop you, but I think it's a dangerous journey, and I know we're relatively strangers, but I'd like to help you if we could. Does somebody want to roll maybe a knowledge... Would religion... Yeah, yeah, knowledge religion. I got a 26 on knowledge religion. I think what happens is Manette is super knowledgeable about religion, period. Growing up as a follower of a god, you know, a devout follower of a god, you learn about not just your own religion, but many other religions. And on top of that, being someone who caravan to different 
places you learn a lot about different religions along the way. The information, you it's this distant memory. It's something that might have been talked about in Legends of, of Lenorm when you were maybe visiting those lands. The Vault of the Fallen Kings. It was a burial site for kings who have fallen in battle. It was a place where heroes of their time were buried. Once a jewel of the lands, it was considered, um, it was nearly forgotten about um, when Baba Yaga took over. It's one of those things that's kind of become just a note in history and mostly forgotten about. You got to think, you know, a thousand plus years have passed. So you might find it in some legends of some far off script books, but it's something that nobody has ever been able to find and nobody would dare find because no, who wants to open a vault that could be desecrated by witches of Irison? In my travels, I, I go by many ranges, and there's this one set of hills that just, they don't look right. Every time I pass by them, I, I'm just convinced those are where we need to go. Something always calls to my heart there, and I think that's where where it might be. And I have to try. I have to find any shred of chance to bring my daughter back. I must take it. Yeah, wow. I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know what Pippa would do in this situation, because she is... She's not super cool with bringing people back from the dead. She's not an, an undead type enjoying that person. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kepri is also very much anti-undead. Mm-hmm. But I can tell, you know, I think Manette can tell her resolution. And I don't think she would let her bring Thora back. But if this is going to bring her some kind of closure, she will see her there and, you know, deal with the outcome of that when it happens. Yeah, and I think your translations of the story, like the things you have heard, it's not necessarily a, you know, bring back from the dead is probably something that has altered in time. It's more of maybe a chance to like a final resting place of the dead, like a final place to kind of let go of the dead, not necessarily bring back. It's kind of like a telephone situation where this is a tale that's been passed on from Olfen to Olfen over generations. And so, you know, there's just, just the tale has slightly changed over time. Oh yeah. Perfect. Even more reason why she would want to lead her there so that she's safe. Right. And for Braxis, I mean, his people, I mean, for him, it's, you know, this is the natural, natural path for everyone. And, you know, going through grief, uh, finding closure, he definitely supports that. I mean, he's a, uh, as far as, you know, resurrection, I know, you know, druids can reincarnate at higher levels, but, you know, they don't, you know, they're okay with natural passing, but there's a part of them that is, you know, this, her child was stolen because, you know, these wicked witches are interfering in the natural lifespan of the people here. And I think Manette would um, notice Pippa's hesitation and sort of turn to her and give her like a, it's okay, kind of look, because they both don't appreciate undead resurrection. But Manette has the insight at this point, because she knows about this this tomb and stuff that that's not actually what's going to happen. And it may be kind of a disappointment to Nadia at first, but it will probably give her some closure too. I think Pebuck sighs and nods a little reluctantly. Cause I think um, her insight on this isn't, isn't so much the closure thing. I think she just is remembering when her mother died, how she would have done literally anything to get her back, no matter what the cost, no matter what that meant, no matter what she came back as And since this is a reverse situation where it's a mother who lost her child, she feels like she's been on the other end of that before. I think she'll agree to go, but almost more as a, I'll be there to stop her when she actually tries. I'm going to extend the offer again. I'm going to say, look, I, I know that, as I said, we're relative strangers, but 
there's no way I can let you go out there alone, potentially to some unknown dangerous site. We were more than willing to help you. Well, I don't want to speak for all of us, but I know I'm willing to help you. It would be very ungracious of us not to assist you in your quest after protecting us and giving us your hospitality. Agreed. You see a slight smile. It's almost a smile she doesn't feel like she should allow herself to have, but she does because she just appreciates the help. She starts to gather her things. If we are going to go, we uh, should get ready, no? Can we leave in about an hour? Would that be Would that be sufficient? I have to prepare some things. Yes, that will that will be perfectly fine. And she offers to actually, while you guys are getting ready, she's going to go let Odessa know that you guys are going that way. Cool. Cue the the intense battle music where we're all putting on our dun 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 dun. Actually, can I go in? up montage. We're putting on our gear montage. Putting on our gear. Strap on the belt. Strap on your sword. Prepare your spells. Let's go. No, it's a magical girl transformation. Yes. Oh, yes. Or we're all coming out from behind the curtain with different versions of our outfits on. I mean, Pippa could actually do that with her armor. She's probably just like trying on a bunch of different variations of it. That's true. I'm picturing a Sabrina the Teenage Witch opening (gasps) sequence where you're in front of the mirror. (laughs) Please. Perfect. I'm curious. What is is Pippa's outfit for today? Well, she, you know, she... Had that fixed, so she's been, you know, had a couple, had a couple different snazzy outfits, even when they were looking at their grossest on their journey to Irisen. Uh, but she always looks great because she can make it look clean, even if it's filthy. But uh, I think right now, it's I think she's feeling, uh, I think she's feeling a nice icy white today to kind of blend in with the surroundings. But I'm thinking some kind of like black fur stole over it and some supple, supple pants and boots and. She's just going to be toasty warm, but super fabulous looking. I'm thinking thinking gold accents oh my God. on a lot of this. I think Abraxas is going to, I need to do my uh, daily druid rituals. So he'll usually do this whether like people are watching him or not. And for the, well, since we've been traveling for a while, and I know Pippin and Obdessa have seen this as he was doing, you know, as they were traveling on their way to Heldron ages ago, which seems ages, but it was what, a couple of weeks or a week. But he uh, gets in his bag a little pouch and he, he puts kind of like a little circle of stones around him and he puts several items in different directions. So he has a small volcanic rock that he'll put at one direction. He'll put a smooth stone, like a river stone in another, a feather from a uh, raven in one direction and a small apple seed in another. And he goes in kind of, kind of like a trance and he'll stay in that position for just about an hour. Like by the time everybody's finished getting ready, uh, he packs everything up again. And it's always very solemn. Like he's always very quiet and packs everything up again. And then you see him get like kind of his energy back or he'll become more dynamic. But he's very solemn when he puts together his or he's doing his ritual. And this is uh, Abraxas's, uh daily ritual for communing and replenishing his spells. Abraxas, just as you kind of come out of that trance, you smell bacon. <gasps> Ooh. 
Okay, I'm done getting ready. He's like stuff that's like not even strapped on properly, and he's like rushing downstairs. I'm prepped. I'm prepped. <laughs> nah, this is uh, fine. I'll, uh, I'll just uh, I'll just finish tightening this up on the on the road. What's my daily spells? No, <laughs> oh, fuck those. I, I think this is hilarious. I think Manette has been watching you like the whole time, and like at one point just knelt down and started praying for a little bit, and then was, this is going on for a really long time, and just left. <laughs> I think he, he tries to do it before anybody wakes up and just takes a few, because it does take him a while. Um, well, but this time you were, you did it, you were like, oh, I need an hour after everybody was already up. Yeah. I was well, because like, you whoops. woke us up so early, Manette. God. Yeah. I was like, oh, crap. I could, I could see a situation where like uh, Braxis and Manette every morning do like a daily calisthenics thing where they do like a, ch- like some oh. kind of like yoga poses or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I'm down for that. One, two, three, four. Downward facing wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yes, it looks like Nadia has picked up some breakfast stuff at the local tavern, and so there's some bacon and some eggs and some sausage and some snossages. She sets out some little like bags for you guys to kind of shove some stuff into snack on while you're while you're walking because she wants to get a move on. I'd just like to say, for the record, before we actually go anywhere, and I'm assuming fight some things, Pippa has while Abraxas was meditating, dipped a few of her crossbow bolts and the greens blood oil in her bag. Awesome, sounds good. So you begin to wander over the frozen tundra. You're not you're not going like towards the horsewood forest. You're going kind of a different direction, um, and you're wandering for a while. Surprisingly, it's uneventful. You don't really run into anything. You hear the sounds of birds chirping and stuff like that in the local wildlife, but nobody's really pestering you other than if mosquitoes existed in this land, but it's probably too cold for even mosquitoes. As you get closer, you see a small outcropping of hills. And Nadi's right, you know, other, you wouldn't otherwise have noticed them. They don't really stand out. Um, but as Nadi is pointing out to you, you notice that they do look a little weirdly shaped, not like just your standard hill. They're just kind of a little more pointy, I guess would be the way to put it. Manette, as you get closer to the hills, you notice that your scarab tattoo starts to get a little warmer. Not like a bad warmer, but more like a feeling of the the heat of the sun over a Syrian. Um, why don't you roll me a perception check, and anyone can aid Manette if they'd like. Mm. Oh, that's bad. Nine. <laughs> yeah, Manette, the, the hills look oddly familiar to you, but you can't put your finger on it. Oh, dang it. Um... It's almost like it's this distant memory that just seems to keep escaping you. Like you try to grab onto it and it just doesn't come into an image. But you notice as you travel closer closer to it, the tattoo gets warmer and warmer. Again, it's not like a hot warmer. It's almost like a guiding like warmth. And you notice if you face one direction, it gets a little cooler. And if you face a different direction, it gets a little warmer. I don't know how much I've talked to them about my tattoo before. I'm sure that I, we've had a night where I've sat down and been like, oh, check out all my tats. I mean, we probably asked about them. We were probably like, ooh, what's that one? Well, you have a giant one across your face. I have two on my face, yeah. (laughs) That would have been their first question. (laughs) I I would say maybe you haven't talked about that tattoo yet, maybe because it's covered up, right? Mm. Is it on your arm? Unless I've talked about, yeah, because I have, so ultimately she has one on her right arm. She got like a different one on her left arm. She has one big one on her back. So I'm sure at some point she's been like, well, here are all my tattoos. This one I was born with. Don't know what's up with that. Kind of weird. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about it. (laughs) You just notice that your tattoos, if you go one direction, seem to get warmer. If you go a different direction, they seem to get colder. So I'm going to, I'm going to sort of bring that up and be like, listen, everyone, this is going to sound a little 
off, I know. Just trust me. I believe I'm being guided by Kepri in the right direction right now. So when I lean a certain way or go a certain way, I suppose, I'm getting a different feeling from other directions. So I think I know where we need to go. Oh, that sounds very similar to uh, druid magic, uh, druid spell. Uh, Those are best to be trusted. Oh, good. I am as lost as an elf underground, so I'll follow you. (coughs) How does Nadia feel about that? (laughs) Nadia welcomes any guidance, and uh, at the same time, I kind of have a question. Wouldn't you say that that's kind of surprising for for, uh, Manette? You know, she was kind of apprehensive to kind of go on this, because, like, the idea of resurrecting a kid, but also now she's getting guided towards something. I think because she had so much information from her knowledge religion, she's having like a weird sensation of like, this is very much meant to be. There's something going on here. This is a a destined moment and I shouldn't question it. But at the same time, like, this is extremely weird <laughs> that we're in Irisen and it's completely, it, this is like the opposite of Osirian, you know? And like, she's very confused but she's not questioning it yet because she takes Kepri's word, you know. She knows that Kepri will cradle her. So are you going to follow the the warm sensation? I think I will, yeah. Manette Manette would say they should probably follow the warm sensation. She's also going to be keeping her eye out and being very careful because this could also be some kind of magic that's simply tied to Osirian or something nasty. So after a time, you, you're kind of traveling, you're getting closer and closer. And like I say, the, the heat keeps radiating. It's almost like it's slowly warming your body. Like it's like you, you're starting to feel like you're in Assyrian again. That's like how warm you're feeling. Like it's a great feeling, I'm sure for you. You come upon this large unsuspecting boulder. You're certain this is where your tattoo wants you to be because like literally the moment you step to the left or the right, you get much colder. But the moment you step in front of that boulder again, it gets warm again. Interesting. And actually, Abraxas, I'm going to say that, you know, she keeps talking about how much warmer you feel. I say, Pippa, you know, and you go up and you touch her and she feels she's been sun tanning in the sun. That kind of warmth. Is anyone cold? Do you need a hug? (laughs) I know. I was like, "Uh, well, maybe I I should ride with Manette for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Not so uh, degrading now, is it? (laughs) I'll take anything at this point. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to let everybody know. I, I believe this boulder is where we need to be and not sure what to do with it, but I am very warm. <laughs> Feels great. You're warm with fury. Scooching. I'm warm with fury. <laughs> I'm like scooching in a little bit. <laughs> like, <Ooh. laughs> I'm the only one not protected by your elements. I'll get like, whatever heat I can get. So you're in front of this giant boulder. Um, what would you guys like to do? I think sniff we need, it. Yeah, let's investigate this fucking boulder. You sniff it, it smells It smells like earth. You guys look at it, you don't see any runes, you don't see any markings. It just looks like a boulder, and it looks like it's been sitting here for a very long time. Does it detect evil? It does not detect evil. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, this is a risky-ass move, but Minette is definitely going to touch it. Uh, she touches it, nothing happens. Uh, okay. Kind of getting a closer inspection, I will uh, draw upon the forces of nature and tap into the flow of magical energies with detect magic. 
So this is what happens as you unfurl the spell. It's not working quite like what you would normally see detect magic work. It's not an aura. What it's doing is it's slowly, you see like runes that would otherwise be invisible to somebody who wouldn't cast detect magic. And detect magic usually doesn't work this way, but each of these symbols are glowing with magic on the rock. And they all are different kinds of symbols. Do you have knowledge religion? I do not. I will relay what I am seeing. Like maybe sketching them out in the snow? Yeah, I'm going to draw them in the snow with my cool spear. He starts scratching all these ones out, and you instantly identify these are all symbols of gods. And they're all good aligned gods at that. And so basically you, he's like describing them, and what's weird is some of them are Assyrian, some of them are from all over the lands like you even have um from from eastern religions like there's just all these different ones including the symbol of a scarab <laughs> i'm fighting the temptation to scream Capri! <laughs> I'm like i recognize this one this is that bug one this is that bug one she's making a face like oh okay i need to get in this rock how do i get in this rock there and they're all in different places on the rock so Manette is just, like, touching the rock all over frantically because she's so... <laughs> she's overwhelmed. She's like, the presence of my god. So rarely felt outside of Osirian. Or, you know, you could ask uh, Abraxas to point out where the symbol is on the rock. Whatever. <laughs> it's right there. It's the right right navel there. level. My navel level, not your late navel level, because you're, you're tall. so he points to a symbol a spot on the rock where the symbol is glowing okay i'm gonna like slide my hand down towards it does anything happen the rock starts to shake a little bit and then all of a sudden you see six tiny feet appear out from under the under the rock and it just kind of moves over to the right and then the 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 feet go back into it angel actually or abraxas roll me a knowledge nature will do I, i have that one that would be a 19 this is a gigantic rock crab. Oh. oh. And it sets back down, and there is an opening in front of you. Yay. Listen, I am I want to go in here really badly. <laughs> uh, Nadia goes, by the gods, this, this it does exist. Yes, I think this is where we need to go. At least I definitely need to go in here right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Strange openings with all kinds of symbols all over them, just popping up in the middle of a snowy tundra. They were Let's all go. divine. They were divine symbols of good gods. Oh, I was about to ask you, smell evil? No, I didn't <laughs> smell a single whiff of evil. <laughs> okay, okay. Just want to make sure. I know you have that talent. <laughs> yes, you sniff out everything else. I sniff out the evil. So so what does Manette think about this? You know, she's kind of been... Manette is like beyond excited. She's, first of all, she's giddy because th- the symbol of Kepri was there. And like she said, so rarely does she experience anything, you know, related to her god outside of Osirian. And she hasn't been to Osirian in 16 years. So she's been kind of feeling unmoored and lonely and didn't really realize that or register that until that symbol, Abraxas made it clear that that symbol was there. And to have been led to something that's clearly, you know, holy and divine and also includes a symbol of her god is... Like, she's overwhelmingly excited and is kind of not thinking straight, like Pippa said. Just, you know, (laughs) a random crab rock in the middle of the snowy tundras of Irisin with (laughs) 
<laughs> let's just go in there. You know, I'm actually going to say Manette has the shaking condition right now. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I'll apply that. <laughs> it, will, it will wear off in maybe like 20 minutes, but yeah. like right now she has the shaking condition. Um, so you guys go in then. Yeah, I'm going to take out my trusty torch because I did not memorize. Are you a man again? Light. Yeah, I'm going man. <laughs> As you walk inside, deep niches line the walls to either side of the wide passage. Dividing blocks of detailed hieroglyphs and scrolls and loose bits of parchment lie scattered across the floor. Manette is breathing really hard. She's still, like, just, like, touching and looking at everything. She's like, oh, no, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Has Manette ever been in a pyramid of an Assyrian? Probably not, no. Because that's a high class kind of thing, but you've probably right. heard stories of what the inside of a pyramid looks like. Oh yeah, and this is this is oddly. You realize you now connect that that shape that you saw on the outside in the hills are actually like maybe over cover, covered over pyramids. Oh, um, that that you realize that's the shape that of those areas, which is very odd to see not in Assyrian. Oh um, my god. The room would have been completely dark if not for uh, Abraxas's torch. So you guys can't see super far. Maybe maybe someone else budget busts out a torch, or you know, if somebody has a light spell. Um. Yes, I'll I'll pull out a torch as well. Well, I got low light, so I can see a little bit past the. Although the light from my torch is like shaking because I'm still just freaking out, <laughs> just having a meltdown. <laughs> uh. Yeah. No. No light spell. Uh, but I think. Pippa is going to take this opportunity to cast mage armor on herself because mm. <laughs> she's not all that comforted by any of this. <laughs> you look around and you see a skeleton about the stature of a dwarf lying on the ground and he is holding a journal it looks like of some sort. Oh. <laughs> My adventure sense is tingling. <laughs> Ugh, do we have to touch it? You're going to want to read that journal, aren't you? Oh, God, no. I mean, God, yes. I can't. Uh. <laughs> hey, what if this is like that chest in the middle of the snow? You remember that thing, uh, Pippa? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, sh- I definitely. I remember. <laughs> is there a way to just poke at it to make sure? Nadia walks over there and she just grabs the book. Oh. Nothing happens. <laughs> okay. It looks like it's the journal of a dwarf named Truart. Uh, who was once the keeper of this tomb. Nadia's flipping through it, because it's actually in Scald. I am not one with words. Can somebody else maybe read this? Uh, so Nadia passes the book over to you, Abraxas. Um, like I said, it looks like it's the Journal of True Art, who was once the keeper of the tomb. Early on, it reads, his. it's kind of like the general day-to-day. It's like maintenance logs and talking about how he, you know, shuffled off to somebody who was trying to loot the, the tomb, and blah, 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 and stuff like that. As you read on, uh, it talks about the invasion of Baba Yaga and about oh. how how he couldn't let this tomb be desecrated by the witches of Irisin. And so he basically conjured the giant rock crab to, to block off it. The only thing that sucked about that is he had to stay in the tomb to do it. So basically, he sacrificed himself to protect the tomb. And what you're seeing is as time goes on, he's kind of losing sanity. It seems to be normal for a couple days, and then it just slowly gets worse and worse and worse until finally he's talking about imbibing the the embalming fluid stored in the tomb to end Ugh. his tortured life. Oh. 
And as you're reading this, you hear this screeching sound, and you turn around to see a spectral figure, similar in size to that of True Art, rise up and attack. Roll for initiative. Oh, balls. <laughs> of course. Did I see that? Knew it. <laughs> Manette, what did you roll? 14. Abraxas, what did you roll? 17. Pippa, what did you roll? 18. Okay. Uh, Pippa, there's this horrible looking beast. What do you want to do to deal with this. I mean, throwing fire on things has always really helped in the past, so I think she's <laughs> going to take an alchemist fire out of her bag and throw it at what the whatever the fuck that, like, raggedy screaming smoke monster is. That was a 14 to hit. A <laughs> uh, 14 hits? <gasps> Yay! Really? Yes. So roll Ooh. me damage. Bueno. Max damage! Okay, uh, yeah, so as you throw it, it just flows right through him and hits the wall behind him and lights up. It is the creature's turn. The, this malign cloud of shadows boils in the air, Ooh. its skeletal maw eerily babbling as the creature's claws manifest from the darkness. Its babbling gets louder and louder. It's basically what you're hearing, and I need you all to roll me a will save. Oh, heavens to Betsy. I got a 22. I got a 17. I also got a 17. You see Nadia just drop her weapons and just is absolutely fascinated by this creature. Oh, that's weird. And Nadia will be fascinated for two rounds. Uh, This thing of evil will not avail against our champion of justice and good. Uh, Abraxas reaches into his pack and brings out, um, it looks like kind of maybe like a little limp ball. And he rolls it up and taps it like a maybe on Jess's like neck, like trust me, and cancels a spell. And you feel a surge of strength flow through you like the mighty beast. You've been imbued with bull strength, baby. Ooh. Yeah. Feel the power of nature. Does Abraxas do anything else? Oh gosh. You know what? As a move action. I'm going to shift into wolf form. Clank, clank as the, as the torch cl- clatters to the ground. <laughs> and I end my turn. Officially. Okay. Manette, you're up. I am going to smite evil, and I'm going to point my scimitar at him, and you see it sort of light up with holy, holy flame. <laughs> It shrieks back a little bit when it sees that. And I'm going to take a big... It's kind of a a sweeping swing and a diagonal direction across its body. 16. That's a hit. Roll damage. Finish it. That's 15 damage total. That is 15 damage total. It screams in pain as it takes that damage. It is still up, but it took a serious blow. Um, it seems very weak. Um, yeah, great job there, Manette. And nice. it, it's Nadia's turn, and you guys all turn to look at Nadia, and there's just a, like, a little bit of drool coming down from her mouth. <laughs> so she's <laughs> useless. <laughs> and she's just staring, like completely captivated by, the, by this fearsome creature. Pippa, you're up. Pippa's just going to scream like, Nadia, snap out of it! (laughs) And she's going to uh, reach out with her magic and attempt to kind of 
because she saw that like actually throwing things at it didn't do any good. The only things that appear to work on it are things that kind of cross plane. So she's going to uh, attempt to disrupt undead for the very first time. 19. It was a 19 to hit. A 19 hits? Roll me uh, yeah. damage. A one. <laughs> that is one whole point of disrupt undead. Thank you very much, sir. Mark that down. <laughs> oh, wait, does it work? Now, Now, well, this is the... Who needs a knowledge roll? This is how we'll really find out if it's undead. So how does a, how does a ray of disrupt undead look when you cast it? So I guess I just kind of imagine that she just reaches out with one of her hands and this a shimmer kind of appears over the creature and its form just wavers. You notice it took damage. You notice it's hurt. It's not like the blast that it took from, from Manette, but you did do some damage to it. It says, ow. <laughs> no, it's <not> like, ow. Ow. <laughs> and it is its turn. And it looks at all of you and it... It moves towards Manette. Uh-oh. Don't touch me. It looks around, and then it's floating in the air, and it's bubbling. It's like, imagine, like, this, just this angry cloud of energy slowly moves towards Manette, and it reaches out and, and touches her face. I need you to roll me a will save. 19. Damn it! You see, like, it's, like, trying to suck energy out of you of some sort. <gasps> Dementor's kiss! <laughs> and, uh, but you just, you, your will just, like... You just strengthen up and just repulse it back. And Abraxas, it is your turn. Abraxas probably is figuring out after seeing the flask go through with it and the group kind of having trouble hitting it is going to do kind of a series of like barks and yips and dodging back and forth and trying to kind of distract it so Manette can get a really solid hit. So I'm going to do what's called an aid action and that succeeds with an 18 on the dice to give Manette a plus two to her next attack. Thank you. Teamwork. Holy cow, I'm beefy. <laughs> does does Abraxas do anything else? I will do like a little jump forward right uh, so I am um, diagonal from Manette and just a little bit closer to the creature but just like a little five foot leap Okay, Manette, it's your turn. I am going to continue with my holy fury, eyes ablaze, mm, yeah. sword ablaze. I'm going to sort of so like good. keep my sword. It's like this move where it, you bring it really close to your side and then do like a really quick stab. That's what she's doing at him while holding her shield up. 18. That's a hit. Roll your damage. 13. <laughs> it looks bloodied as all hell, but it is still up. It, can it be bloodied? Ghostly blood? It's ghostly bloodied, yes. Ooh. it's Basically, you see little lightning spouts out like where it's taking damage, and it's just expelling energy, I guess, is the best way to put it. It's not, I, I like, that's I like that a lot. Hell. That's cool. That's way cool. And it screams in anger and frustration. Nadia's next, and you turn over to <laughs> Nadia, and there's actually a little puddle forming at the bottom from her drool. She's uh, also she going blah, 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 blah. Yeah, she's going blah, 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 Pippa, you're up. Well, since the only thing that Pin Pippa's repertoire that appears to be at all working <laughs> is uh, her newfound ability to kind of try to make this thing go down, she's going to do Disrupt Undead again for a whopping 21 to hit. That is a that is definite hit. 
a two damage. It explodes. You kind of get hit with a bunch of radiating energy. It doesn't actually do anything to you guys, but it just completely evaporates into nothing. And you have killed this creature. Woo! Hell yeah. As that happens, Nadia like goes, ah, ah. And she like kind of stands up and she's like, what, what happened? What? You were a drooling mess while we faced that thing. I, 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 I don't know what happened. I'm so sorry. I sheathe my sword and I look at her and I see, aren't you glad you let us come? <laughs> I'll shift back to man form to pick up the torch. And you can see this panel on this desk that was in that room drop down and you see a stack of documents. Mm. Manette's <laughs> drooling, drooling over there. Oh no, does that mean we're under attack? Manette's starting to drool too. She's trying to drool too. <laughs> Real life Jess is showing Manette's excitement by moving my tongue in and out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> Manette is like more in control of herself now after having sort of calmed down and seen that, you know, clearly this is still a dangerous place in spite of its relation to Capri because we've mm-hmm. just encountered something evil. I will say because oh. of that, you have lost the, the, your condition. Oh, you thank you. Pippa, that was, that was amazing. Was that you? I think so. I think I, I don't know. I felt like I was able to disrupt it somehow. It was, it was really cool. That's, that's amazing. Yes. Where's I hate those things. <laughs> where, where is this power coming from? I'm not complaining. That that was you know, amazing. I really, I really, really wish I knew. You totally explodified uh, him. Very handy. Yeah, yes. I did, didn't I? I? I <laughs> and you with that fire sword thing, where you just kind of like, yeah. Oh yeah, that was Kepi's great. <laughs> like you really softened him up. Thank you, Abraxas. You made me feel. Very beefy. <laughs> it's a it's a blessings of the earth. They are mighty indeed. They'll make us a formidable, we're a team. formidable. Uh, we're so cool. <laughs> That's what we're having a little circle jerk. <laughs> we're like, oh my god, we did great. We're so That's cool. It. Maybe it's a good thing Odessa stayed behind. Her bullets would have been mm. useless. <laughs> okay, so you guys are in this room. Uh, a, a spot opened up where there's some papers, it looks like, of some sort. Um, what would you like to all do? I'm going to suggest that Pippa does a trap finding <laughs> session. I, what's, like, do your that, thing, Pippa. I'm honestly, I'm kicking myself that I didn't think of it earlier. That's a great idea. Oh, I'll just raise the torch really high to give as much light as I can. Oh, yeah, same. That would be a 19. <laughs> there are no traps in this room. You're confident. Okay, cool. Like yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not, nothing's sticking out at me. I mean, I also didn't see the logs that one time either. But, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think I think we're safe enough for now. If we want to start, I don't know, poking around at this stuff in here. All right, I'll pick up a couple of papers since uh, I read the journal. I'm just going to assume. Uh, Abraxas is assuming they're in the same language, so he'll pick up a few of the papers. Actually, as you guys approach him, uh, roll me an appraise there, Pippa. Abraxas freezes. He's like, oh, hold on. This coming, <laughs> this just in. 17? You actually pause Abraxas very quickly. You notice that the papers are extremely delicate. They're very old, like thousands of years old kind of situation. Many of the papers you find uh, in this compartment have great historical value. Um, and actually, some of them are priceless treasures. You find many original transcripts and historical uh, treaties worth about 1,400 gold. Oh, honey, uh, 
put those down. We shouldn't we shouldn't touch those without gloves. Oh, understood. And be be as gentle as possible. These are very old. And uh, but judging by what I'm seeing on here, I mean, you know, not to be not to be greedy or anything, but I, they'd be they'd be worth an awful lot of money. I better not paw around on them then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, I'll hang on to these for for safekeeping. Then we'll sell them in town and yeah. These are definitely Lenorm Kings stuff. Ooh. So like it's like kind of a history of that old agreements. I wouldn't be surprised if one of the documents that's in here is maybe one of the original documents that formed the land of the Lenorm Kings, which is kind of a Whoa. bunch of countries coming together Holy and agreeing shit. to like work that's together. That's a fatherland. Wow. I think yeah. it's funny for Abraxas, he considers Erison the motherland, but the Lenorm Kings is like the fatherland. Like he, <laughs> he genders those two nations and he's like a, a creature of both. Well, they are kind of, actually, if you think about it, what is very much a patriarchy, like kings rule this land, you have to kill a dragon in order to become a ruler of this. And Erison oh, yeah. is very much witch queens. So it is very, they are very gendered states in a very interesting way. They're both pretty awesome sounding. Now I support, I only support Irisin. Ladies (laughs) forever. Hey, Jess, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies forever and also fuck people who kill dragons. Fuck you. (laughs) That's my, that's my objective. Yeah, they do it to to show that they're the boss. Those are the Lenorums are actually those, yeah, are the big dragons. They're they're, very giants. That's why they're called Lenorm Kings is they're, they're people who have killed Lenorms. Oh, I didn't know that monsters that's really cool actually nadia can you like can you make heads or tails of this what do you think these are i have no idea these are these are lands of my ancestors way before my time back in the times of when the low norm kings ruled this land well we may be able to look them over more thoroughly once we're back in a safe uh assuredly safe area (laughs) that's that's an excellent point let yeah and I, just to give you guys crib notes, I don't want, because I don't want you guys to focus on them too much. They are literally like, it's like you find like some original, like Shakespeare writings, kind of the okay. equivalent of that. You're finding some, some, some very valuable documents that talk about the form of forming of the Lenoran Kings and stuff like that. They're valuable, but they're not like informational, I guess is the best way to put it. Other than they'd be probably a great read. I mean, you, to hold an original Shakespeare manuscript and be able to read it would probably be a pretty amazing thing. Um, but you're saying their mechanical value is mostly just sell them, get gold. Okay. All right, I'm going to do a quick sweep with Detect Magic. Nothing picks up. This room is a pretty straightforward, there's an entrance and there's an exit kind of thing. Okay. Like, there's not anything special. It's it's very much like a pyramid. Manette would know this from her learnings, maybe. Not again, not from actually visiting these, but go down a path. And then at some point, there might be a split path. But for the most part, it's like there's a path and a room, a path right. and a room. And each room has different sets of things. You guys can tell by this room that this is actually probably the room where scrolls and books were stored. Many of them have fallen apart to time, you know, and the hieroglyphs on the walls, which are odd odd because those are not Skald, those are Assyrian. Nothing that you, it's an old dialect Assyrian, so you aren't able to really read it, but it's, you can definitely tell that it is an Assyrian language. And it's just very interesting that you finding this up here in Irisin. Yeah. Ah, beans. I wanted to read them. <clears throat> Shall we move forward? Let us. As you venture into the next room, you find tools and notes that have been placed upon the chamber's broad stone work tables with apparent significance and precision. Several sarcophagi 
lie along the walls, surrounded by dusty models, urns, and statues. In the northeast corner, a disorderly campsite mars the mathematical order of the room's design. The Fantastic Worlds Podcast uh. is a Fantastic Pods production. Oh my god! I would like to thank Amy Hankinson for writing our wonderful theme song, Sirenscape for the use of its sound effects and music, Paizo for the wonderful Reign of Winter adventure path, and all you listeners. Until next week, I am Dustin Alexander. You can reach me on Twitter at Dustin Alexander. I'm Abby. You can reach me on Twitter at Bonanza Famine. I'm Angel. You can reach me at Espinoza916. I'm Jess. You can reach me at Hank the Clank, all one word. I'm Kay. You can reach me at She's Lady Macbeth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I almost thought she was here for a second. Kay, you're back. (laughs) Please remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Please help us spread the word about the Fantastic Worlds by telling your friends, co-workers, families, rooftops, or anything else you can think of. We really appreciate it. If you do share, use the hashtag Worlds Traveler, so that way we can thank you for spreading the word. Your support makes a huge difference. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, I hope you have many fantastic adventures. Gracias. The Fantastic Worlds podcast is a Fantastic Worlds production and an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. The Pathfinder Adventure Path Reign of Winter is a trademark of Paizo, copyright 2013. All Paizo content in this podcast is used with permission. Okay, I'm going to, like, slide my hand down towards it. Does anything happen? And the moment you do that, it blushes. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I couldn't help myself.